It's Wednesday, March 30th, 2022. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, Chet, just over a week from opening day for the Phillies at Citizens Bank Park. The Sixers remain a bit of a mystery down the stretch. We've been talking about that. Flyers continue to struggle. Oh, boy. Uh, the big news, if you want to call it that, out of the Novacare complex is that the Eagles are bringing back the Kelly Green uniforms as an alternate. The Villanova Wildcats have reached the Final Four again. Always plenty going on. We always have lots going on, Bill. And once again, we have no shortage of topics. In fact, we're going to try to keep it to one amazing hour, Bill. I don't know how we're going to do that. <laughs> we might not even have time to talk about Sunday night's Academy Awards and the slap heard around the world, unfortunately. No, we won't have time for that. I, I promise you. <laughs> I promise uh, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, but we have a couple great first-time guests tonight in new Phillies Inquirer beat writer Alex Coffey. Alex has baseball in her blood, Jet. In the second half, we have a real interesting guest in Frank McDonald, one of the original writers of the great Sixers song, here come the Sixers. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, it sure is. Uh, I know some of the history of that great song, but we're going to find out pretty much all the details about that tonight and see what Frank has to say about both the Sixers and the Wildcats, Bill. Absolutely. Well, hey, Chet, before we uh, welcome our first guest, we need to have a toast to my good friend Harry DeJesse, who we lost Monday uh, to pancreatic cancer. Uh, Harry was a great friend of our show from day one. Um, and a great friend of mine for basically my whole life. So uh, tonight, Harry, this show's for you, and this bud's for you. There you go. There you go. Rest All easy, right. Harry. That's right, my friend. He would he would be he would be watching if he were with us. All right. All right, Jet. Let's get to it. Let's welcome new Phillies Inquirer beat writer Alex Coffee to her first visit to Philly Press Box Radio. Alex, welcome. Hey guys, how's it going? Hello, Alex. Uh, first of all, welcome to the Phillies beat. I know you covered the Oakland A's the last three years for the Athletic, but you're actually an East Coast gal, aren't you? New yeah, York? I am. Where are you from? I am from Sleepy Hollow, which is about 45 minutes north of the city. And your dad, Wayne Coffey, covered sports for the New York Daily News for 30-some years, if I'm right. Now, did he either directly or indirectly affect your decision to go into sports writing? I would say indirectly. Um, you know, when I was young and stubborn, I didn't want anything to do with what he did. And now, <laughs> ironically, I'm doing exactly what he did. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Alex, I, I assume uh, you've been to many, many ball games with dad as a kid. And uh, I guess it's it's in your blood. Yeah, you know, he would bring me to events, um, bring me to the press box. So it wasn't just being at ball games. It was being around journalists and other writers so um definitely had a big impact on me for sure hey let me ask you this while you were covering the a's the last few years whenever you heard anything about the phillies what was your perception of them from afar um you know obviously you know about the um the postseason drought um so that's probably the first perception yep. that comes 10 years um <laughs> i also heard quite a bit about the bullpen um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> other than that, I didn't, you know, I was kind of in AL mode. I wasn't really as plugged in with the NL team. So those are the two things that come to mind. Gotcha. 
Well, Alex, speaking of the A's, uh, a good friend of our show who was with us several times, uh, and unfortunately he passed away too, Ray Fossey. Did you ever get to meet Ray? And uh, he was what a super guy. Yeah, Ray was the best. Um, great storyteller. Um, he has some hilarious stories about those 1970s era A's. You know, those guys were uh, those guys were crazy. So <laughs> he was willing to be pretty honest about the stuff that they would do and how they would celebrate their wins and, you know, um, their World Series uh, championships and all that stuff. And um, so he was a great storyteller. Big loss. Yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah. we miss Ray for sure. Uh, all right, the 2022 Phillies. The starting rotation is potentially a good one, but, you know, as with most teams, I would think there are question marks. In this case, you know, we need to know about the health of the projected starters and why Aaron Nola continues to give up home runs every start, it seems. Uh, nine days away from the opener, what do we know now about the rotation? Seems like, um, you know, knock on wood, everyone is supposed to be on track to to start the season. There are a few, there are a few couple, like, question marks with Wheeler. Um, you know, he was kind of off to a slower start than the others. And um, Ranger Suarez was also a little bit delayed because of visa issues that he was having. Um, but I guess they've kind of caught up quickly because it seems like the goal is for those guys to be able to um, start the first week of the season. So um, so that's kind of the latest with the rotation right now. But obviously, you know, it's like a lot could go wrong, you know, with <laughs> given the shortened spring and everything and the fact that guys aren't really – having the opportunity to ramp up the way that they normally would. Um, and the Phillies don't really have a ton of starting pitching depth. So um, kind of feels like a house of cards right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of a house of cards, and you mentioned the bullpen earlier, uh, it, it looks like a pretty revamped bullpen. Uh, Brogdon was probably uh, be there, I guess, and falter uh, possibly. What What are you seeing? I mean, we're, we're a week away pretty soon. Some, some slots have to be getting filled. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to start out with the positives. I think that <laughs> Sir Anthony Dominguez looks great. You know, he's touching, I think, like 90, 96 or so in spring training already, which is pretty wild. Um, Corey Knabel, who's supposed to be, you know, so far he's been projected to be the team's closer. He's been fantastic, too. Um, obviously, you know, this is all assuming that these guys are going to be healthy um, this season, and they both have injury histories that they've uh, that they've dealt with. So it's kind of contingent on their health. But those two guys have looked great, and I think that they could be difference makers in the bullpen. Um, other than that, you know, Brogdon uh, has not looked himself this spring. His velocity is down a couple of ticks. Um, so that seems to be cause for concern. Obviously, you take spring training with it, a grain of salt. Um, you know, you don't read into it too, too much. But um, with opening day coming so quickly, you know, it's not a guarantee that he's going to be ready for um, for opening day. So I think he might be among the bigger question marks in the bullpen right now. You mentioned Sir Anthony. That's certainly one of the real pleasant surprises. Uh, I guess his last couple outings, I don't know if he pitched today or not, but previously his last couple outings, he was striking everybody out, throwing 97. So, boy, if they can get him as a seventh or eighth inning guy and he can be consistent, that would be a huge plus. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and, you know, he's in great shape. He lost some weight over the offseason, put on some muscle, um, you know, made some changes to his diet. So, Seems like he's, you know, moving in the right direction, but we'll see. 
how it plays out. Well, the big question mark has been for since the end of last season is who was going to play center field. Uh, they went ahead and they re-signed Odubel Herrera just in time for him to get hurt. Uh, mm-hmm. They've moved Adam Hazley out now. Uh, what's it looking like? Is there going to be a platoon situation? And is it looking like Mickey Moniak's got a chance to make this club? Yeah, it looks like Moniak might be the fifth outfielder. Um, he's been absolutely crushing the ball. He made a few adjustments with um, Phillies hitting coach Kevin Long, um, and they just unlocked whatever power was inside of him. Um, so it looks like he'll be the fifth outfielder um, and probably Matt Vierling to tentatively start in center unless um, Girardi ends up going for a platoon um, with those two guys. But, um, but yeah, so that, that seems to be the, at least heading into opening day, that seems to be what they're leaning towards. And we're going to have a designated hitter, of course, universally this year for the first time, other than uh, when they had the shortened season. Um, how are they going to handle that? Are they going to mix it up among Schwarber, Castellanos, Harper, Bohm, Hoskins? You know, are they just going to go day by day and decide how the lineup's going to look? Yeah, I keep joking that they need five DHs to like yeah. match the roster <laughs> because they just don't. They have so many power bats. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think it'll probably be mostly Castellanos and Schwarber dividing time between that spot because they can both play left field. Um, you know, Harper might get some time in that spot. Obviously, Castellanos' experience in right field. Um, so I think, you know, those guys and then JT Real Mudo, they don't want him playing. Um, you know, they, they said that they might utilize him there too to get him off his feet a little bit, but also keep his bat in the lineup. So mm-hmm. I think those are probably the four names to keep in mind. But my guess would be like the bulk, the bulk of it would be those three outfielders um castellano schwerber and harper okay it seems like they have a lot of bombers but but i'm i'm the kind of guy that likes a table setter and uh i don't see one in this lineup and i i don't know who's going to be the leadoff guy it looks like they're experimenting a little bit but you don't need a home run hitter in the leadoff spot you need a guy that can get on first and then get on get over to second so he can be driven in down the down in the lineup uh who is that going to be Still kind of up in the air. Um, they were trying Schwarber out at that spot. And there seems to be some interest in him filling that role, um, which is kind of interesting because I think traditionally you think of leadoff guys as guys that are really speedy and, you know, um, he doesn't fit, <laughs> no offense to him, but he doesn't fit that profile. Um, but he does get on base. You know, he's an on-base machine, um, very patient approach to the plate, very smart hitter. Um, so I think when you look through that lens, it makes – you know, it would make sense for them to do that. Uh, Bryson Stott has been a guy that's been talked about quite a lot. And the Phillies have said they're not going to play any, you know, service time games with him. If he's ready to play, he's going to play. And I think he was eight for 15 as of Monday. So mm-hmm. is he going to be in the opening day lineup or is he going to be a utility guy? What's your outlook for Bryson Stott? That's probably their biggest question mark heading into um, opening day. And it sounds like that's going to be a decision that's really going to come down to the wire. Um, he's not giving them many reasons to send him back down. <laughs> he's making it very difficult on them. Um, you know, I think that you could probably argue that he's outplaying, um, you know, Didi, that he's outplaying, he's definitely outplaying Bohm. Um, so it's just a matter of whether or not they, they think that it's worth giving Bohm a try, you know, 
giving him a couple of at bats in the in the big leagues and then bringing Stott up later in the year. But um, but again, he's making it really difficult on them. So it sounds like they're going to take their time with that decision. Well, and that was going to be my next question. Um, Chet knows, and, and our our viewers know. I'm a big Alec Bohm fan. Uh, I was really disappointed in the year he had last year. He's hit everywhere he's ever been until last year, and he just went into a funk. Uh, and and he's struggling this spring. Uh, do you see them making a move, or do you think you know he's too young to trade? I think he's got still too much potential. What do you, what do you see with him? You know, um, there's been a lot of speculation about them moving him. And, you know, at the end of the day, despite all the stuff that he's gone through, he's still, you know, a former first round pick. So I don't think that they would deal him unless they felt like they were getting something good in return. Um, but, you know, it's it's hard to say right now. Um, but, yeah, again, one of the big questions heading into opening day is how this <laughs> how that spot will be pieced together. I, I, I really, I really thought he would come be- come back to spring training this year and have fixed that hitting problem, but mm-hmm. that does not seem how he started out. No, um, and he was working with Kevin Long as well during the um, before the lockout, and then you know he's been working with him in spring training too. But um, I guess whatever changes they made just haven't you know, materialize as quickly as the changes that uh, Long made with Moniak. So, so Alex, uh, USA Today on Tuesday put out what all of their baseball people together came up with as far as this year's National League standings and win projections. They have, you know, Atlanta repeating, of course, they are the defending champs, Milwaukee winning the Central, the Dodgers, of course, looking good. And if things were to go this way, you know, the Mets, Cardinals, and Padres all winning 89. The Phillies with 87 wins, which would be nice, five wins better than last year, would not be in the 12-team playoffs. What do you think for an over-under? Does that sound about right for the Phillies, 87 wins? Oh, man, I've been avoiding this type of question. (laughs) (laughs) Because I really, I genuinely do not know. Um, It's just this this kind of age-old question of, can you out hit defense? You know, yeah. like, I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. Um, statistically, their defense was among the worst in baseball last year. And as offensively potent as the guys that they added, um, you know, this offseason, um, the spring, they are not the most statistically gifted defenders. So, yeah. Um, that was nice. That was polite. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, and to be fair, I haven't really seen much of their defense in person, so I can't really go off the eye test. But, um, but yeah, no, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. And obviously pitching is going to factor into that too. You know, like I said, the starting pitching depth is a little bit shaky. So um, if injuries start to pile up, they won't have many guys down in the minors that they can – you know, reliable guys down in the minors that they can call up on. Um, so, so we can't get we can't get a prediction out of you, can we? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, Alex, I assume that you've been uh, in Clearwater for a while, or back and forth, or however you're doing it. Uh, what's the buzz with with the new players they brought in? They you know they opened the the, the wallet, which is uh, something the fans have been screaming about for John Middleton to do. He did it. Um, what's the buzz? Are the fans thinking and, and the organization and being around the players thinking that 
this is a good team? Yeah, the players definitely are. I'm um, probably around the. I can probably honestly speak more to the play, the players thinking than I can um, to the fans' perspective. But the players are definitely excited about this team. You know, Castellano says it's going to be a really good team. Um, Schwarber said the same thing. You know, there really seems to be like a belief that they can kind of break this streak that's been plaguing them for a while. So, you know. Very good. I, I have one final question for you be, before we uh, turn you over to Chet. Yeah, you, we're going to surprise you with something uh, there. But I have one more question for you. Bryce Harper, uh, you, you've watched him from afar, I guess, uh, you know, in the A's and, and from the other league. Um, we in here in Philly think he's pretty much the real deal. What's, uh, what's your take on how good a player Bryce Harper is? I mean, it's, you know, you, you don't win the NL MVP by being a bad player. So, um you know, he's, he's phenomenal, but I think what's really struck me is just how, um, how badly he wants to win. Um, you know, he's obviously achieved these personal accolades. He's got a career defining contract that's going to set him up for life, his family for life, you know, his grandkids probably for life. Um, but he just still leads by example, you know, in, in multiple ways, not just on the field, but, um, with the media, you know, how he just, treats people so um just seeing him go about that day to day that's probably what's what stood out to me that, that's it. that's exactly what i think i love to watch him play because he loves to play every night that to me as a fan that's what it's all about <laughs> well, hey, so uh before we run out of time what chet likes to do to new first timers newbies he likes to call it the, a game of fast five five quick questions five quick answers you up for that Sure. Go uh, ahead. Yeah, I regret this, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, no, no, no. Simple questions, brief answers. Here we go. Number one, Alex. Uh, Philly fans have somewhat of a reputation with folks around the country. Now that you are a Philadelphian, at least, you know, for a while now, what is your early take on the city and the way it's uh, reacting to their sports teams? Um, <laughs> I'd say if I could sum it up in a word, insatiable. <laughs> like nothing is never, nothing is ever good. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I hear you. All right. Number two, you're obviously a baseball fan. What is your second favorite sport to watch? Um, I'd say NBA, big basketball person. So it's a good time to be in Philly right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you cover the Seattle storm out in uh, the West coast also. Yeah. Number three, what is the last TV series you binged? Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't even – my, like, concept of time is so fluid right now. Um, probably Law & Order. I'm a big Law & Order person, so. Okay. Probably Law & yeah. Number four, your first job was at the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. What was your favorite piece of memorabilia at the Baseball Hall? Mm. Um, man, it's like asking me to pick a child. Um, <laughs> I think um, – they had, this is kind of, <laughs> this is a little bit of a downer, but they had um, a wooden base from this internment camp um, in Arizona where during World War II, Japanese citizens were staying in this internment camp and they played baseball there and they like made a base out of wood and they have that base at the Hall of Fame. And I just think it's like, wow, really interesting. Yeah. It speaks to that's, 
That's I'm really sure. cool. And finally, Alex, on a much lighter topic, hopefully, what is the best baseball movie? What's your favorite? Field of Dreams. Good choice. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, you, you passed. You passed the test. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, hey, Alex, we, we've taken up all your time. We appreciate you taking the time to join us. Uh, I, I guess you're in Clearwater. looks like you might be yeah, in Clearwater. Sam. All right. Yep. So get out in that 90-degree weather we had today here in Florida <laughs> and uh, and enjoy yourself. Congratulations on the new job. We look forward to, uh, to following you throughout the season. Thanks so much, guys. It was good to meet you. You too. Thanks, Alex. Take care. <laughs> Bye. All Bye. right. Hey, Chet, good stuff. Absolutely, huh? Absolutely. Love Alex talking baseball. Alex is going to be fun to fun to follow, and uh, she's on the game. We like it. Hey, uh, Chet, you might have noticed gas prices are still up. March Madness is still going on, and the Villanova Wildcats are still playing. So I'm thinking that your couch is still getting more mileage than your car. Yeah, you know that, Bill. We're talking about Allstate, and it's pay-as-you-go auto insurance. It puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay-per-mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay-per-mile car insurance by calling your local agent in Westchester, Pennsylvania. That is Dave Lavoy. Call Dave at 610 430 300 no oh 700 again 610 430 700 you think i would know that by now and start to save more now that you are driving less hi this is ray dinger and it is always fun to talk sports with these two guys bill and chet on philly press box radio whoa Where'd that come from? Uh, a little special from the Diddy. A Diddy from <laughs> Diddy. Look at that. Nice. That? Nice. And, and, you know, I was thinking you were going to throw Willie Nile up, and I was going to say congratulations to Willie Nile. The opening for the Who again, right? Opening for the Who. How yeah, he that? toured with them uh, for a little bit back in 1980, and they asked him to open the show that they're doing up in uh, Bethel, New York, at the end of May. So that's going to be fun. Willie for Willie. You going to try to go to that? Uh, Wherever no, Bethel, New York not. is? It's, it's Memorial Day weekend, and I think we have some family plans. So it would probably not sit well with the wife and family if I uh, were to take off to go see Willie. And the okay. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, uh, Chet, you're into this stuff a lot more than I am. Um, so I'll ask you, what do you think of the Eagles rolling out the Kelly Green uniforms again? I, I, I'll tell you, I was never a fan of the black on black only because they seem to wear them in big games and they didn't win. Uh, you know, the Kelly Green has a lot of people in town excited. What's your take on Eagles and Kelly Greens? Does it matter? Oh, Bill, you must have mistaken me for someone who cares. In, in all oh. honesty, I really don't. It's never been a big thing with me. I mean, the Kelly Green was fine. I loved watching Randall, of course, and those guys, you know, back in the day. Uh, but to be honest, I don't care if it's the Kelly green or the midnight green. They're both fine. The bottom line for me, therefore, Bill, is eh, either way, as long as they win. As you asked on Facebook the other day, is it going to help them win? Probably not. So <laughs> it'll right. make a lot of people happy. It'll sell some more merchandise, which will make the, the Eagles and the NFL happy. But I really don't care either way. Uh, well, you know, I think if Reggie White and Jerome Brown come back, in those <laughs> in those uniforms, I, I yeah. might be all in for that. But Seth and uh, and that bunch, eh, you know, I might be all in. Otherwise, jerseys are jerseys, uniforms are uniforms. I know kids love it when you know some of these high schools now can have 
multiple jerseys, multiple uniforms and all of the kids love the heck out of it. But uh, it just doesn't do much for me. Well, Bill, the good news for me is that this 60 year old bobblehead and this Eagles football that I have will be back in style again <laughs> next year. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. That. Good, good deal. You just happen to have them sitting by, right? I have those sitting here, yeah. There you go. Well, it seems like a big thing, and like you said, I think they'll they'll sell like crazy. Fans do really like it. They've been clamoring for it for a long time, and uh, yeah, they got what they wanted. And while we're talking to Eagles, Bill, by the way, this weekend, I think Saturday is the deadline to get your audition tape in if you want to be an Eagles cheerleader. So I know you've been thinking did about you, that. Did you get yours done? I did not. I did not have time. I'm still working on my routine. So maybe well, tomorrow. You still have a couple of days <laughs> left. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, I, I'm going to be a judge. Ah, I would love to be a judge. That would yeah, be awesome. I'm sure you would. Hey, <laughs> speaking of NFL football, Chad, overtime rule. Um, changed again. Both teams are going to get the ball. Um, I don't know how much you've got to see of that or, or read up on it. Uh, I don't think we have it to put up on the screen. No. But uh, basically, both teams are going to get a chance to get the ball. And uh, I, I, I don't like it. Oh, I, I like it. it. I love it. I, I think they should both. And they're only doing it for the playoffs, not the regular season. So I think that's good because um, you don't need to drag on the regular season games. But in the playoffs, I don't think it's fair that it can end after one possession if the team gets a touchdown. You can argue, well, the defense should stop them. Yeah, but, you know, the coin flip decides who gets the ball. And sometimes there's, you know, one little play that's going to change the course of the game right there. The other team should have at least one opportunity to touch the ball on offense. Well, and, and I, I like that. I like that, but I don't necessarily like the way they're doing it, I guess. And, and you know, John Roberts uh, dropped me a name, and I don't remember what it was now, uh, of a guy who did a little video on the TV today, uh, and he was saying, you know, you're, you're taking probably the greatest, one of the greatest games ever played between the Chiefs and the Bills, um, and because it ended the way it is, now you want to change that greatest game and try to make it into a greater game or a lesser game. Um, it's not just because of one game. It's because, you know, the last few years there have been situations like this where one team gets the ball, they win the coin flip, they get the ball, and the game's over because they get the touchdown. And I don't think it's fair, so I'm glad they're doing this. We can disagree you, on this. Bill. There you go. John John put his name up here. Uh, let me let's see if I can get it to come up. Dominique Foxworth. Look that up. Uh, he's got a little video. It's only like a minute and a half long. Check that out. And uh, he, he makes a good, he's got a good opinion on it. Um, again, I, 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 I get it. I get it. Uh, I would really not like it if my team was the one that didn't get the ball. Uh, and I, I got it a couple years ago when Tom Brady got the ball. And you knew as soon as he won the toss, the game was over because he was going to drive his team down to win. I get that too. Uh, but giving up points, maybe so you can get points, uh, you know, I, I like to stick with the strategy of the game. You know that. Oh, I know that, Bill. And you know what? We'll talk more about this as we get closer to the football season, I'm sure, and as we have some football guests, experts on over the next few months. So uh, we'll revisit this topic for sure. But before we go any further, we're going to talk hoops in just a minute. I want to mention uh, some of the things that Philly Sports Trips has going on, Bill, because they they are really killing it this spring and summer. As you can see here, 
They're going out to the NFL draft in Vegas at the end of April. They're doing some Phillies trips. There's one May 28th, another thing happening on May 28th, uh, up at City Field, the Phillies and Mets. They're going to D.C. for uh, Nationals Park down in uh, Washington, June 18th. And it's not on here, but they're also going out to Pittsburgh for a Phillies Pittsburgh series at the end of July. And the one I'm looking forward to, of course, the Dick Vermeil Hall of Fame trip, the first weekend in August where we get to see Coach Vermeil getting inducted into the hall. So that's going to be great. phillysportstrips.com if you want more information on all of that. Cool stuff. All right. Hey, uh, Chet, as you said, we're going to talk hoops. Uh, the, the Sixers are going to make it interesting here down the stretch. There's seven games to go. Um, we're, they're still trying to figure out the chemistry. You know, I say this. I've been saying this all year. I've been saying it for three or four years. Uh, what do you make of the fact that they just – don't seem to exactly have it all together yet. Yeah, they tease you. They look great for a few games. And then here was a real opportunity the last couple of games to shine and to show that they belong in contention for a title. And they blow a lead against the Suns out there. They blow a lead Monday night against uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, the defending champs. And it makes you question whether they have enough depth, whether they have enough chemistry, and just how good a coach Doc Rivers is in key situations. <laughs> and we'll get to that with our yeah, guest. I'm yeah, Doc, Doc Rivers and, and James Harden are in, in the Philly fans' uh, crosshairs. I, I, I get yeah. one. I don't get the other. Yeah, yeah. And we'll, we'll talk about it. All right. Well, let's talk Sixers with our next guest, uh, a longtime Delco resident, co-writer of the song, Here Come the Sixers. Frank McDonald. Frank, welcome to your first trip to Philly Press Box Radio. Thanks a lot, guys. Nice to be here. Nice to meet you. Hey, Frank. Nice to meet you. Thanks for doing this. Hey, so as you know, I heard you on WIP a few weeks back talking about it. It was great to hear some of the story behind that one, two, three, four, five, Sixers song that we still love hearing all these years later. For people who didn't hear you on the radio, how exactly did the song come to be back in the mid-1970s? Was Pat Williams involved at all? Because we know he's a big showman. He likes stuff like that. How did it happen? Yeah. Does that TV bother you in the background? Got to... No, you're fine. You're fine. Okay. okay. And well, way back when, uh, we, we had a band for a number of years, you know, that uh, we had a record deal, we quit college, and then we, you know, did a lot of playing full time. And uh, right at the end of the time when we were uh, ready to break up, we, we, we were, you know, messing around with a bunch of theme songs. So we wrote a lot of, uh, started to write some theme songs for the Phillies, the Flyers, Sixers, I think it was a soccer team in Baltimore, a couple other places, you know. And... Uh, and one of the songs was, you know, Here Come the Sixers. And I think, I'm pretty sure it's Pat Williams, who's a GM, because our bass player, um, his wife worked for the Sixers. So when we finished the song, I recorded the song, you know, she took it to Pat and, and you know, the, all the brass listened to it and said, hey, you know, and we'll, we, we'll use it, you know. So now we pressed up a bunch of copies and then they would sell, you know, 45s. Anybody remembers that? And, uh, <laughs> yeah and uh, sell them at the spectrum so i mean the song was played for a number of years and then i think when music started to change um i think the new ownership i think i still remember was the guy who had the car dealership i think when he came in he wanted more rap uh, more rap music or whatever i think they they switched to some um different music and then uh, but then as the years went on i think the, the next group that came in I think they did a fan survey online and everybody wanted our old song back. So 
that's, uh, that's how I think they voted on it online. Whatever. Does it uh, does it surprise you that here we are almost 50 years later and uh, it, it's still there? We're giving away our age because Jet yeah. and I remember when it came out. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we're giving away our age. But is it, does it surprise you that here we are 50 years later and it's still a hit? Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, I thought, you know, there'd be some rumbling like, you know, it's, it's too old fashioned or too hokey or whatever. So, uh, you know, but you know, we always get a kick out of hearing it. Believe me, so. Happy st people still like it. Hey, Frank, who are these young guys that are putting up on the screen? You know these guys? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, <clears throat> That was my band after Wellington Arrangement with, with the guys that uh, I wrote the, the Sixers song with. We were called Super Philly back in mid-70s, towards the uh, late 70s. We, we played all over, up and down the East Coast. Uh, every summer at the penalty box in Wildwood, New Jersey. That's formerly me in the middle, and you know all the other guys. Yeah. They're still around. A lot of the guys are still around. Well, awesome. I would, I would have to say, if you were at the penalty box in the late seventies, I was probably there with you. Right. <laughs> you know, I was there too because I spent two summers in Wildwood, nineteen eighty oh, yeah. and eighty-one. So I've been to the penalty box myself a few times. Yeah, we played. Always played with Money and Ziggy. Uh, oh, every oh summer. yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw oh, money. Yeah. Never saw Ziggy, but I heard of them, but I played, I saw money many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Many times. Absolutely. See, by the way, the, the 74 75 Sixers had players including Fred Carter, Doug Collins, and Steve Mix, plus Billy Cunningham in his second go round with the team. Gene Shue was the head coach. They weren't very good, though, 34 and 48 that season. In the summer of 75, they drafted Daryl Dawkins and Lloyd Free world be free uh they also acquired george mcginnis and they did better they went 46 and 36 that season and then of course the next year is when dr j came to town okay you remember yeah. all that right comes back to me yeah yeah sure <laughs> sure hey I, i've gone so far as to remember uh, wilt chamberlain in the convention center playing against the Celtics, so. right yeah. well um frank do you know at what point did the video get put with the music that is we play it here on our show um, and it's been around for a long time did you, did you guys have anything to do with that no I, there were so many videos made from different yeah. people that you know attached our song to it I, I don't know which one how you're well, talking about let me just play a little clip of uh, the one video with the song this is an edited version of it but uh, here it is a bit Yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't remember seeing that one. I think that's pretty new. If they have, uh, well, I added, I added Embiid and Harden to it. Just oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, right after those, the trade, I those old, those old high top Converse sneakers, though, they tell <laughs> that it goes back a little ways. Yeah, right, right, right. Con the old Converse. Yeah, right. For sure. Hey, who, who was uh, doing the singing on there? Uh, it sounded like a couple of voices. Were you one of the? Yeah, you we were had, on drums, right? Yeah, we had five or six of us. I think I was doing a baritone part. Uh, I think four of us sang it. I think it was, was four-part harmony in there. Nice. You know, nice. the high. I never sang high, but uh, yeah, it was, it was in there, too. Yeah, it was so, fun. We did it in Upper Darby, actually. 
I always like to give a shout out to the Galetti brothers. The Galetti brothers owned the studio in Upper Darvis where we recorded it. You know. Well, and it's funny you say that because uh, I'm a uh, I grew up in Delaware County myself, and you're a lifelong Delco guy. Um, are you a lifelong Sixers fan? Uh, have you followed oh, yeah. the Sixers throughout the years? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Every, all the sports, all the teams. Yeah, I'm a big big fan. I think lately my sons know more about everything than I do. But uh, you know, since I I left my job a couple of years ago, I, I've really gotten more back into music. Uh, writing music, you know, and uh, I got into screenwriting. So just, I'm like, we're getting old songs that we wrote years ago and redoing them, and then we're writing a bunch of new. Over COVID, we wrote a bunch of new songs. So uh, that's what I've been doing primarily. And but I, I watch all the games. Well, Frank, if I may ask, what did you do with the millions of dollars you made from that song? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. know the answer. I don't know. I don't know what I did with that. Not, not a lot of not, not a lot came in from it, believe me, you know. But but lately, I mean, it's it's getting performance royalties from the TV play on the oh, radio. Cool. So oh, that's good. Not enough to you know make you a rich man, but uh, <laughs> it's okay, you know. Nice. Yeah. Very good. But uh, yeah, we're ready to play. We, we, we started to play again. Uh, I know. Me and the piano player uh, started a little band. We, we played in September, and then, uh, then the casino we played at said we were too, uh, uh, we didn't have enough followers, uh, you know, to come back, you know. I said, uh, well, you know, a lot of our followers are no longer living, I think. Uh, <laughs> so you, can't, you can't get followers if people can't hear you, right? Yeah. I mean, you got to get out there and be seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're still looking to play, but... Uh, uh, we're just doing a lot of songs, you know, releasing a new song on uh, Spotify in April. Nice. And, uh, so, and we have a bunch of other songs we're just going to keep rolling in the studio and doing, you know. And, and what are you releasing those songs under? What's your what's your band's name? That, well, the point? photo you just saw is called Super Philly. We, we kept the name Super Philly because, uh, you know, a couple of us, you know, the guitar player and, and our keyboard player were in that band, in that picture. So, you know, okay. we use that name. And that's, that's what we're going to. Well, Frank, you heard us talking a little bit about the current 76ers. They've been up and down lately. They're, you know, on Sunday they were in first place, the top seed for about an hour. Then they lost to the Suns and a couple other things happened. Now they're back in the third or fourth seed again. Um, How how do you see this team going into the playoffs? There's seven games left. Does it matter what seed they get? And what about the chemistry? Harden, Embiid, and my big concern, the coach, Dr. Rivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm scared. I'm, I'm nervous, you know. After the initial acquisition of Harden, I figured, oh, this is great. But as you watch the team, you know, I just think they need one more shooter who's, who's reliable, who can defend. Because when I watched them play defense, especially last night, you know, yeah. I mean, I watched uh, Tobias. It was a shot from the corner. He was in the other corner. It didn't look like it was going to go in, but it was going to hit the rim. It hit the rim and came towards him. He never even made a move. They don't even, you know, do offensive rebounds very much. I don't know. I I think they need some help. Mm. You know, and and Brooklyn Brooklyn and uh, Boston scare me. Those those two guys. Yeah. It's going to be a tough battle to play those two teams. Absolutely. Speaking of tough battles, uh, you have a little connection to the Villanova Wildcats, I believe, and they're yeah. in the final four again after winning a couple national championships. Yeah, How do you yeah. like them going up against number one Kansas uh, yeah. this I'm weekend? Scared. I'm afraid, you know. <laughs> I watched that last game with Kansas and went, oh, my God, these guys are like animals, you know. 
I, I, I feel so bad that Moore got hurt because I think they're really going to going to have to. I don't know what they're going to do when they play yeah, this that weekend. Was, that was know? a tough, tough loss right yeah, there. Yeah, horrible. But Jay Wright, he, he's so, such a great coach. Oh, yeah. you know? So got my fingers crossed, but, uh, you know, Kansas, right? Right. For those who don't know, Frank, you went to Villanova Law School. Is that correct? That oh, yeah, right. right. Yeah, yeah. Well, before we wrap, I, I want to go back about the, the Sixers and the, the good old days. I mean, you've been watching them since even longer than Bill and me, I, I assume, since the yeah. Wilt Chamberlain and Hal Greer days. Uh, that's when yeah. Bill and I were watching them. Uh, yeah. Do you have an all-time favorite Sixer? Well, I always liked Wilt just because he was so unique. You know, Dr. J, I love Dr. J. Um, I love Bobby Jones, though. Yeah. Defensive guy. But he was so underrated, you know. But uh, yeah, I, mean, I loved all those teams. You know, I, I I went to one of the playoff games when they won. I forget what year it was, but uh, I was up in the rafters, you know, for mm. the first time. And uh, it's the first time I realized that if you tripped on those upper rafters, you could be dead. <laughs> all the railings are open. That's right. true. Yeah. I used yeah. to hold. I, even back then, I used to hold the steps going down. You know? <laughs> Did you sit up there and say they're playing my song? Did they play? I, I'm not sure that that one series that I saw. I don't. I don't remember them playing it that year. Yeah, I don't, uh, I'm not sure when that was. Okay. It was off and on for a couple of years, I think. Well, I'm very glad that they brought it back during the process here, so we get to hear it again now. The last several years, after a win, so I'd like to hear it a little more often now over the next couple of months. Yeah, th thanks. It's nice to hear. It. I really got a kick out of it because I saw a video of one of the bars in Philly, in the Fairmount section. The Urban Saloon had. had showed a video of the crowd singing this song. I couldn't believe it. everybody knew the I don't, I don't even remember all the words. Yeah. The words. We do. <laughs> we do. Yeah, so as, you know, we still get a kick out of it. So I hope they keep playing it. Yeah. I, hope I, I, I talked to uh cousin at uh, Fanatic last week because mm -hmm. I was driving by and I knew he was in this uh, Chickies and Peach, you know. And I went in and talked to him, you know, and I, you know, he, he wants us to play at the, at the Wells Fargo Center. If he knows anybody, but he, wow. thinks, he says he knows everybody. So I'm hoping he asks us to play live at the at the game or before the game or sometime. That'd be fun. That'd you know, be fun. so I have to re remember the words. <laughs> already, we, we've already played it live when we played uh, in September, so uh, you know, yeah. won't be a problem. Wait, before we let you go, Frank, uh, you're getting this thing up and running with your band. Do you have some social media stuff going on where people could follow, check in to what you got going, listen to your music, download your music? and that's Yeah, I'm working on it now. We're going to have it released on April 12th. I'm working on getting this. I'm having trouble getting this website together. I'm actually just trying to get it done today, but the uh, guy helping me said, oh, I don't know if I can do that. So <laughs> Once I get that fixed, we'll have it, but uh, I don't have it right now. All right. Well, send when you get it together, send it over to me. Send yeah, it to we'll chat one or the other. We'll promote okay, it for you. We'll put it up here, and uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll certainly help you out. And uh, we appreciate you coming by to talk to us. Cool stuff. Takes us back only about fifty years. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, to, I hope I didn't embarrass anybody. No. Oh no, <laughs> I'm living with it too. Believe me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. This was great. All right, Thanks, Frank. I really appreciate Thanks. it. Appreciate it. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. Hey, Chet, good stuff. Uh, 50 years. Wow. How'd that happen? Yeah, I think 1975. So, yeah, 47 years. Almost 50 yeah. years. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, hey, let's give a shout out to all the shows over at the Edge of Philly Sports Network this week, Chet. And uh, 
before uh, once we get through this, we're going to get you to tell us about the Fred fighting Freddie event uh, Saturday. Sure. So, Philly Broadcast uh, Broad Street Bullies podcast on Monday Night Talking Flyers mailbox uh, mailbag with Joey Sharon podcast on Monday. I'm getting all tied up here. Talking Philly sports with Maddie B on Tuesday. You got us early on Wednesday. Big Al and Joe on the EOP Sports Live on Wednesday nights, 930. Check that out. Thursday, Sixers Talk, Get Processed. Friday, we have Phillies Talk podcast every day of the week, Jet. And Saturday, Breakfast with the Boys, Patterson Avenue Fanatics. Check out TK and the guys and join in with your coffee and donuts. Don't forget, sign up for the newsletter at eopsports.com. And it will be in your email box on Friday morning. So, Chet, tell us. Uh, unfortunately, I did not get to attend. Couldn't make the trip. Uh, but you did. Uh, the Fighting Freddy fundraiser was a smash. And tell us all about it. Well, first of all, uh, yeah, some of the sponsors that they had, people were able to buy you know, tickets for chances to win. Look at the the things. Yeah, autographed pictures, candy baskets, uh, Jason Kelsey signed picture in a frame, courtesy Carl's Cards. Thank you, Carl. Uh, they had tickets, you know, to the, the Phillies home opener. There was a Flyers club box. Uh, so many people just donated. Uh, they, they made five figures. We're not going to tell you exactly how much, but they, they did very well. So it was terrific. Um, I, I was so glad to be there. And I can tell you that nobody slapped anyone while in attendance. So that was good. Yeah. Saved that for Sunday night. Uh, it was a terrific event. There were at least 300 people there by my count. And Christy and Freddie Burns were very appreciative. I talked to Fred for quite a bit. Freddie the fourth, of course, the one going through the treatment. Uh, Kevin Riley spoke, and he was terrific, as you just knew that he would be. Uh, it was just terrific, and it was great to see so many family friends of the Burns family, friends of the Edge of Philly sports, and others who turned out to contribute to the cause. And, you know, I mentioned our pal Kevin Riley, and you knew he would just kill it. And I was able to record a little bit of what Kevin had to say, and here's Mr. Riley. Freddie will come out of this like nobody's business. I believe that this happens for a reason. You watch when he gets to be a teenager and a young man, he'll be counseling people through this. So I just tell you that to say that the only thing that we take with us when we die is what we give to others. And the fact that you people have all gathered here today is a blessing. And thank you very much for doing it. Pray for Freddie. And uh, Coach Vermeil's going to sign this football for him and we're going to give it to him on the first time he gets back home. All right? How about that? Yeah, and you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell this little quick story, Chet, because it, it deserves to be told. Uh, you know, they put a little video together of Ray Dininger, Glenn Macnow, um, John Capaletti, uh, some others that guys got to uh, say little things, little blurbs to to Fred and Christy and Freddie. And uh, I asked Kevin if he would be part of that, and uh, he said, "Sure." They calls me back a couple hours later and says, "How about I just come? How about I just come to the event?" I said, "Man, your your money, your money." <laughs> so, so he he did, yeah, he I, did, I, and, I met him at and the door. Did. Yep, and he and he he's he's just a great guy, and I uh, can't say enough about him. 
I had the pleasure of introducing him, which was uh, kind of fun. I had to quiet the crowd and introduce Kevin Riley. And, of course, I introduced him as a former Eagle special teams captain. And then he came up and mentioned that he was also with the New England Patriots. And uh, so he, there were some <laughs> boos there. And then he said, uh, are there any Cowboys fans here? And one guy, so Dave Yarnell, as a matter of fact, our buddy, and Kevin said, I'm going to speak slowly so you can understand all this. <laughs> Kevin, well, hey, uh, throw, throw that list back up if, again if you can reach over and get it because uh, you mentioned Carl, uh, Carl's cards, and uh, there are many others. We won't, we won't go really down them, but, you know, Bill, Bill Mattis, Kelly Neppin, uh, the Sheerans, Primitive Tees, all these businesses – we're going to post this on our Philly Press Box page, Chad, and our website. Support these guys, uh, the listeners, followers out there. Support these businesses. They supported uh, a great event, and we could turn around and support them too. You know, it, it amazed me, Chad. People at the Red Lantern, we did a live show there. They're great people. Um, but they let people donate beer, donate food, bring them into their business, uh, DJs, speakers, uh, you know, live music, and plus all these trips and and things given by Carl and and Bill and and all these others um, can't just can't ask for anything more to came from the community to help the Burnses. Yeah, it was really great. Uh, again, glad to see so many people turned out for it, and glad to see that they raised a lot of money. So. Terrific event. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, Chet. Uh, I'm not even sure what to say about the Flyers. Wait, Hang whoa, on. Whoa, Hang no. On. No, we're not talking about the slap. It's not. Or you're going to we're get slapped. I'm hitting the dump button. I got something else, Bill. I got something else. I don't know if you know this, Bill, but I'm a beer guy. <laughs> no. I'm also a music guy. And I love it when those two worlds collide, Bill, beer and music. Now, here's the deal. Uh, I recently enjoyed this, an Iron Maiden beer. It's called Trooper, named for that 1983 heavy metal tune of theirs. Good stuff. ACDC has recently come out with an ale called For Those About to Rock. I would love to get my hands on some of that. And, you know, I loved the band Rush. Huge fan. Well, last year they came out with uh, Rush Canadian Golden Ale, which I didn't get to try because it was only up in Canada. But more recently, Bill, they have come out with something kind of connected to this 1981 album of theirs called Moving Pictures. That's the name of the album, Moving Pictures. Well, Getty Lee of Rush is a huge baseball fan. So in connection with that album, he came up with uh, something a little bit different. And if I can find it. Yeah, here it is. I love this title. It is called Moving Pictures pictures love that name because you know the whole baseball thing it is a belgian blonde ale with fruity notes of berries and grapes and it's strong very strong 11.9 percent abv it's going to be rolled out in canada and here in the states unlike the last one sometime later this year i have got to get my hands on some of that brew and get rushified bill 11.9 you, 11 you, only, need, you only need one yeah, or a half, maybe a half, right? <laughs> wow, wow. I was going to make fun of the fruits and berry part. Then you said 11.9. I, I was like, I can't, like I can't even make fun of that. 11.9. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Those right. wacky Canadians, Bill. That's right. Wait, let's get the wacky Final Four, as we said. Villanova, Kansas, Duke, North Carolina, 
Mike Krzyzewski in his final year is going to the final four against his nemesis, North Carolina. Villanova, number one, Kansas. Who's going to win, Chet? Man, the injury to Justin Moore of Nova really hurts their chances. He tore his ACL, of course, in the final minute of the win over Houston last Saturday. That sucks. They don't have a real deep bench, and Moore's replacement, Brian Antoine, really hasn't played all that much. So I, I don't know. I, I do think that Jay Wright will outcoach Bill Self. So I'm going to take Nova in the semifinal, but then you got to go against the winner of Duke, North Carolina, Monday night in the final. It's going to be tough. Uh, I don't know who's going to win, but I'll be watching for sure. Well, I, I do have to tell you something, Chet. Uh, I followed my – I did not follow my bracket because, like everybody else, I figured it got blown up on the first day. Yeah. Well, I ended up looking at it um, going into the last weekend's game. I have three of the four <laughs> final fours. Wow. And I'm in 768,000th place <laughs> in the ESPN bracket. Oh my I guess everybody else had three of the final four, but I, I had not. Villanova, <laughs> I had Villanova, Kansas, Duke, Kentucky. And I had Villanova, Kentucky in the finals with Villanova to win. So yeah. I'm going to ride Villanova. I'm not so sure they can beat Kansas. Uh, and Mike Krzyzewski making it this far. Stranger things have happened, Chad. It's his last go, and uh, this is certainly not his best team, but here he is. Yeah, yeah it could be fate. Maybe he'll go out uh, with a win. You never know. I can't say that I'll be rooting for him, not that I strongly dislike Mike, Coach K, but I, I don't feel strongly either way. So I just hope we get a couple of good games Saturday and another good one Monday night. Absolutely. All right, Chet. Uh, great guest tonight in Alex Coffee and Frank McDonald. First-timers. First good stuff. Yeah, Who's we coming broke to Philly in. Press Box Radio next week? Two guests again next week, Bill. There is no stopping us, pal. Uh, wow. We will talk Phillies and Sixers next week. We're going to get a return visit. It's been more than a year since we've had him on before. It is Tyrone Johnson of 97.5, the Fanatic and Sixers Outsiders. Ty is going to help us preview the Phillies season. He's a little upset about Adam Hazley being traded because he, he was a Hazley fan. Of course, we'll also talk Sixers with Tyrone. And we will have a first-time visitor joining us as well. But this one is going to be uh, pretty exciting. We're going to talk Eagles and the upcoming NFL draft with this NFL analyst and a guy who hosts about a half dozen podcasts himself, Ross Tucker. How about that, Bill? Ty nice. Johnson and Ross Tucker joining us next week. Nice. Well, Ross is certainly tuned in. And uh, Ty Johnson will have the Sixers situation nailed down by next Wednesday. That's for sure. Yeah, I can't wait. That's going to be fun. All right. Well, hey, let's take another quick break and thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. They have small line Razzes that give you greater chances of winning. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room. That's right. PPCC 118 Raz Room on Facebook. Come on. Oh, boy. Hit the are, right screen things back are there. popping up out of nowhere. How about a parting shot for you tonight as we're running out of time? I, I don't have a true parting shot, Bill, but uh, I saw this news story yesterday. If you're a fan of the Flintstones and the Jetsons, well, Reebok has something 
just for you. Lovers of those classic cartoons from back in the day may go head over heels for this. Reebok has teamed up with Warner Brothers to produce a line of sneakers celebrating those characters from Bedrock and Orbit City. Yes, I'm talking about Flintstones and Jetsons sneakers. And these are for adults, not kids. And they're, they're priced at $100 and up. And they will have other related apparel. They'll uh, be available in early April. So yabba dabba do for that. I will not be buying any. Although I love the Flintstones, but no. Well, it looks like they will sell one pair, Chet. Oh, Jane <laughs> is after Jane Jetson. There, there we you go. go. Get out and, your and money, you know Jane. And and you would maybe be a good Barney Rubble kind of guy. I like Betty. I was a big fan of Betty. She, she was the hottie. <laughs> she was a real Betty. Of course. <laughs> hey, one other thing, Bill. <laughs> I saw this on Facebook, and I got to ask you about this, Bill, because it must you're be true. What's up, dog? Who's this guy? Oh, Who is that's, that guy? That's going to be the new uh, MV3 in the house. Uh, yeah. I'm not exactly sure what kind of weak moment I had when that happened. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Harper Harper will be here on Saturday. Uh, Mary is out getting Harper um, now. And he will be here on Saturday. And she doesn't know that. It's a it's a female, but uh, that will be MV three to me. Oh, so it was not named after Harper Lee, the author. It was uh, after no, Bryce. it was named. She doesn't even know who Bryce Harper is, and she certainly has no idea who MV three is. So we'll go with that. How's that? All right, congratulations and have fun with the puppy. Oh there. my oh, goodness, so much fun, Bill. Oh yeah, right. Okay, here we go. Have plenty of beer, handy. Hey, with that. Let's wrap it up. Uh, let's thank tonight's special guests, Alex Coffey and Frank McDonald, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave Lavoy of Allstate Insurance. For Jim Chachesco, this is Bill Fermi. We hope you enjoyed the show and will join us next week. It's April already, Chet. Yeah. Next Wednesday. Go figure. See us live on Facebook or listen to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, blocktalkradio.com slash Philly Press Box Radio and on all the podcasts, Apple, iHeartRadio, and all the others. So I have to say, Chet, to you, Harry, hope we didn't disappoint, my friend. This one's for you. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans, and let's go Sixers. And let's go Wildcats. I hope we had-